0: Listening to the North Shore Nine podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks.
1: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Starbucks with Jim and Donardo. I, of course, am your host, Anthony Donardo and with me is Jim Rosati from the North Side Notch. Jim, good morning.
0: Good morning, Donardo. Um, thought we'd have some more trades to talk about today. Didn't really end up that way, but hey, it's a beautiful Wednesday morning. Well, what are you talking about? We traded Gerard Dyson, and
1: clearly we traded Musgrove. We traded Cole, right? Trevor Williams is gone. Adam Frazier is gone. Rich Rodriguez is gone. All the clear people we talked about this entire week and the trade value they had, they're all gone, right?
0: No, 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 they're not. What happened? Apparently, what was the quote from from Charrington? Uh, We had a bar set for each player and the bar was not was not met. Yeah.
1: Okay, let's talk about that, because obviously we know we live in a world where the pirates are always damned no matter what. Right. They don't make a trade. And it's the worst thing in the world with the, you know, Felipe Vasquez situation. It's the worst thing in the world. They should have pulled the trigger. They should have took what they got. And then they pull the trigger and take what they got. And it's the Garrett Cole trade. And they're damned because they made that deal, right? So now we have a whole new regime. It's Ben Charrington. You would expect, you know, the, the rebuild's going to start at some point in time. You know, this trade deadline could have marked that. Could have made a stamp, made a lot of moves. Nothing happened. I mean, do we damn Ben Charrington for not making any move? Other than Dyson.
0: It's hard to, it's hard to say just because we don't know what was out there. Like if there was an offer made for Fiona Kella, or if there was an offer made or Derek Holland, then I feel like no matter really what that offer was, it probably should have been taken. Right. Uh, like just take the best deal out there. Um, to quote we don't really know the Arizona yeah. Diamondbacks, <laughs> right? Right. So, but we don't really know if that was the case or not. Um, I mean, we'll never know. I mean, Charrington won't come out and say ever hey, we had this deal on the table for for Derek Holland. I mean, those are the only two guys where, like, literally, if anybody was willing to give you anything, that's those are the two guys that you you, you trade. Um, everybody else, you want to at least get some sort of value for because they. You know they're, they're they've got years of control with them, um, but yeah, I, I was a little I was a little surprised. I was thinking at least I was thinking at least Richard Rodriguez would get dealt, but didn't happen.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good call. I mean, I felt he was probably the most likely to go in that sense. You know, like Chad Cool could, Trevor Williams could, it made sense. But like Rich Rod, I feel like you sell high at this point in time. It's not even like the high of a sell, but. <laughs> He's showing something. Like, go ahead and get rid of him. It makes sense. And like you said, like the fact that he wasn't dealt. Uh, Kala, I know he was injured, but it's his last year. You know, Dolan hasn't Holland. I should say hasn't shown much anything these past two starts. But right, like they're not you're, they're not in your future. This is it. So if I was getting a dollar for each of them, I'm just going to take the dollar. Let's go buy myself a Coke. Maybe I'll buy a couple for three. I don't know. But, (laughs) But, you know, you're right. You're going to take something for them. So that tells me the fact that they weren't traded. There was not any offer on the table at all. Not so surprising. I mean, there was trades right and left. It seemed like everyone was available, even teams that were, you know, buying like the Marlins ended up selling as well. So when we thought this was going to be like a seller's market and there's going to be like four to five teams doing it. Seemed like it opened up a little more and there was a lot more activity out there. So I, I don't know, man. Like I'm with you. We'll we'll never probably know what was offered. But at the same sense, like if there was a, like I appreciate it. there should be a bar. There's not a reason that you have to sell right now. And as we told, we've talked about everyone is probably at the lowest possible point this year because everyone's terrible. So I guess in his mind, it's like, why sell for such pennies on the dollar when maybe I can go ahead and salvage something for this offseason or this next trade deadline? I mean, I'll probably at least get what I was offered today. So why not try to reestablish value? I get that. I am shocked nothing happened. But I guess I get that.
0: Yeah, no, and it makes sense. and And, and along those lines, because of just – it was just such, it was an unfortunate just situation really that that happened there there it was probably the most active trade deadline it's that was the most active trade deadline that I think I can remember. I don't remember a trade deadline where like that that many deals were being made like involving pretty decent players as well um so you had this super active trade deadline that hurts the pirates because what it does now is it it actually made more, more sellers than, than I anticipated. Right. So the players that the pirates did have no longer were anywhere near the top of teams list when it came to buyers, you know, I was thinking going into this, you know, I wasn't going into this Trevor Williams, may be one of the top pitchers available, you know, <laughs> at the deadline. Right. And oh, right. you look at some of the pitchers that were dealt and it's like, eh. Probably not like that there there were some there was some pretty there were some pretty good good pitchers dealt um, and so so because of that and because of how all of these players are underperforming it was kind of a perfect storm for nothing to happen so sure you had you know you had all these all these players that were made available to these contenders. You're not gonna. You're not gonna settle for Adam Fraser, who has a 61 weighted runs created plus. Right, right. There was. There's no reason to trade for him because there's other guys available that are performing better. Um, so it's hard to get on Charrington for that. Like if if we had some players that were performing at the level that we all expected them to, then yeah, like there probably should have been some trades made. But this wasn't the case. Like he, he didn't have much to work with. And I said a lot of other teams jumped in that we weren't really anticipating. Right.
1: Yeah. And I, the thing is, too, we talked about this before, you know, mm-hmm. takes two to tango. So, you know, obviously, like, Charrington was probably motivated, you know, based on quotes beforehand that he's open and willing to trade anyone and everybody. So he was definitely open to making some trades. But it takes the other side to say, yeah, go ahead. You know, and obviously famously right now, which everyone's harping on, you know, the and this is such so nutting. I'm sorry, nutting Huntington that, you know, there was an offer. There was a deal with the Blue Jays, but it, you know, fell apart the 11th hour. And right, as you mentioned, well, you know, it just didn't hit our mark. I mean, it's such a Huntington quote, but yeah, let's think of the Blue Jays perspective. Do I want Joe Musgrove who's been injured virtually this entire season? You know, if I'm going to make a playoff push, do I want to push my chips in and, and risk a Joe Musgrove? Or, well, wait, wait, the Dodgers are selling Ross Stripling? Like, the Dodgers are selling off pieces? I can get Ross Stripling, who has had far more success in the past. He is healthy. Yeah, you know what? I appreciate Joe Musgrove. Hey, we had him in our system years ago, but let me go get this Ross Stripling. That looks way more appeasing right now. So, again, like, is it fully on the Pirates? No, if I'm the Blue Jays, I'm taking Ross Stripling right now, and I'm not taking Joe Musgrove. So it's like, that's, mm-hmm. that's like we were getting at. I mean, there's more teams who would have thought the Dodgers would be a seller. The Dodgers didn't acquire anyone. They sold off a piece.
0: <laughs> yeah. That, that trade was interesting. Like when I saw that they were dealing Ross tripling, I was like, why? Like, I know he's not having the best year, but that's, that's been a valuable part of that pitching staff right? because of his versatility, you know, he yep. can start, he can, he can come out of the bullpen he can pitch multiple innings like he's been a valuable pitcher for them but that was a little surprising and yeah to your point if you've got somebody who's not even healthy and joe musgrove and and ross stripling if you're given those two choices i i, I can see why they get went with stripling like I, I i can understand that move
1: yep and it cost them what the 13th prospect solid so it's like right then there i mean so obviously i'm going with stripling probably more than musgrove so was musgrove netting in that deal i mean if you're offering the 13th prospect in your system for stripling it's probably going to be worse than that so again was it worth it to go ahead and trade joe musgrove right now at his lowest point to maybe get the 17th 18th 19th you know 20th prospect of the blue jays system maybe not i'll maybe hold on to him. hopefully he finishes off the season successfully and maybe i'll trade him at the deadline get back to that number thirteen, you know, 10th range or something. So yeah, I I don't hate the fact it's disappointing as, you know, it was disappointing for us because now again, we have nothing to talk about. Uh, You know, I, I, I wanted the trade deadline. I wanted to see something, acquire new players. It'd be fun, exciting. It's new, but I don't hate it because it was probably the smarter decision. And that's why you're the GM. You're not the GM to give us something to talk about. You're not the GM to appease the fans. You're the GM to make the best decisions for this organization. And unfortunately for us, that probably was the case right now. So, hey, we didn't talk about it too much. But, I mean, he did trade Dyson and he did get a solid, in my point, uh, he did get a solid amount of international dollars for Dyson. I was shocked by this.
0: Yeah, no, the return for Dyson is is great. I mean, you, you get somebody off your team who was, was literally giving you nothing, um, brings up some playing time for other guys. You've seen Cole Tucker play every, pretty much every day ever since that. Um, so no, I mean, that, that move was good. Um, to get anything for him, honestly, like I, I would have thought Gerard Dyson being dealt would have meant, you know, a cash considerations type thing. <laughs> right. Um, but, but yeah, international money that can actually be useful. That's, that's good to see. Um, it's actually interesting because, I mean, I, I, I was telling people for a couple of weeks now, you know, temper your expectations here on this trade deadline. Leonardo, it, as crazy as this whole trade deadline was, there was still only one top 100 prospect dealt in all of baseball. Yeah. So it's it kind of goes back to, yeah, you know what? There were a lot of moves made. A lot of teams made trades and the Pirates didn't really do what we thought they would there really wasn't a lot of uh, impact talent dealt really in either way. It was kind of just moving guys around, you're, but, you know, a you're lot right. of depth guys, but you know, impact talent really didn't get dealt. Um, so, so yeah, it, like I said, if, if if Ross Stripling was getting a 13th rated prospect in the blue Jay system, Chad Cole wasn't getting you top 100 prospects
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a very good
1: point mm-hmm. because you're absolutely correct and right you were harping on it the whole time like you know lower them expectations um man there obviously was zero expectations because nothing happened but you're right there was one player in the top 100 that was traded that was it there was all because a flurry of moves but even on that too like think about the teams that needed pitching like even the braves they settled for cheap Pitchers like they got Tommy Malone for no one that's you know really going to be effective for them. And, and like, look at him, like he's going to be a number five pitcher and probably not like play in the playoffs. So, the teams that needed pitching actually didn't even buy so much, you know. So, like, that worked against the Pirates as well. You know, they could have maybe got Joe Musgrove, but they decided, you know what, we don't want to. <laughs> that's what 2020 is like it just seems some teams were like you know what screw it like the marlins like we're we're below 500 but screw it there's a chance let's make a deal and there's teams like the braves and the dodgers that i guess were looking at like hey it's 2020 screw this year what are we going to invest into it for let's wait till next year for a real season even the yankees didn't do anything you know and they how many injuries yeah. they have
0: i mean you look at the yankees bullpen they probably would have been a good matchup for i mean you know, you know another arm too they're like you said, the injuries that they've had to their to their team, they they needed some people, and yeah, they didn't make a single move. I don't think.
1: No, not one. Well,
0: yeah, no. I guess if they they did it, it they, and they added tiny, Jordy.
1: But. They added Jordy Mercer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they just yeah. DFA'd so, him. I think yesterday. So yeah, that was their big acquisition. They added a a free
0: agent in Jordy Mercer. There you go. So that was it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So that uh, kind man. of
0: goes, yeah. So, so speaking on the top 100 prospects, that's kind of a good segue to to a topic we wanted to spend a little bit of time about. The the only top 100 prospect dealt was Taylor Trammell yep. to Seattle for packages that included Aaron uh, Austin Nola, not Aaron Nola, <laughs> Austin Nola, thirty um, year old catcher um, from the Mariners. So, when this trade was made, a lot of people were like, oh, wow, if the Mariners can get that for Austin Nola, the Pirates should be able to get that for Jacob Stallings.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of that on Twitter that night. And let's discuss that because you're absolutely correct. When this trade happened, I either saw, now this was a fewer amount, but I saw, well, if Nola's getting that, then the Pirates can get better. The other thing I saw more of was, well, that you know, if Nola brings that, then the Pirates should at least get that. Uh, hey, you know what? I, like what I put out there, what I put out there was uh, this only helps Stallings. I mean, that trade didn't hurt hmm. a Stallings return if a Stallings return was going to happen. But yeah, the similarities I get. Like Nolan, 30 years old, you know, he really was nothing. He came onto the scene last year. So, I mean, it's like he's had, what, 108 games, I think, under his belt at age 30. You know, Stallings, Mm -hmm. another late bloomer. You know, he had more years into the league, per se. It's like, what, his fourth year playing, very sparingly. But it was like last year he broke out. You know, so Nolan had like the breakout last year. Stallings had the breakout differently. You know, and now they're two very good late bloomer catchers. So I guess you see the similarities. It's like, well, if that's what Nola's bringing, then this is what Stallings is going to bring. But I think what we're here to talk about, Jim, is how Stallings is not as val- as valuable as Nola. Correct? I mean, we're probably going to yeah, get and less. Like, than
0: I, and like you said, I see the similarities, right? Um, you know, they're both, both hitting for average this year. Um, so, and, and like I said, both 30, both coming on late, both, good defensive catchers Mm -hmm. really where nola kind of separates himself though is is really with the bat like i know stallings we we talk about how good of a season stallings is having led led all batters in baseball and batting average last month right um but think about that i think you have to pause (laughs) and say that again yeah yeah yeah. jacob stallings led all nl hitters and batting Mm -hmm. average last month um but you look at just kind of the the underlying numbers and, and and the power, right? I mean, power. Look at the ISOS. Like Jacob Stallings' ISO is ninety six. Austin Nola's ISO is two eighteen. Um, Wade runs creative plus. Austin Nola one forty six. Stallings one twenty six. So Nola has the the much better bat. Um, Stallings is obviously shown that he's better than we thought he was with the, with the bat. Um, I still don't think Stallings' offensive numbers this year are really who he is, um, and then you, know, you brought up a number that I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about here um, as to why, but no like I said, very similar. I think Nola is a little bit more valuable. Um, he's also a little more versatile to kind of play around the, around the field too. Like he's yes. not just a catcher. But uh, no, I think I think it was a good trade for the Mariners. Um, good trade for the Potters. It's a good trade for everybody. It's just, yeah, I feel like Nola just a little bit better than Stallings. I don't, I don't, I don't think Stallings could could have pulled, pulled something like that back. Sure. And, and like in this deal,
1: I hand it to DePoto because, I mean, you're able to flip this journey man who's been in your minor league system like your entire time who just comes out onto the scene last year at age 29, and you're able to flip him for a a top 100 prospect, Uh, I mean, kudos to you. But you're absolutely correct. Like, when I look at the two, you know, us as Pirates fans, right? People in Pittsburgh, like, you know Stallings' story. You know, the hype was out this offseason because of his pitch framing and such. So, you know, like, the defense was there. And, you know, we've pretty much been saying, like, if Stallings can be, I forget the exact number. I think we're joking, like, an 88-ish, you know, 90-ish waiting run created player like if he had like a 90 run created plus he would be a good you know catcher like that's a good solid catcher we're hoping for and right now he's got like that 120 like you mentioned so like the offense is looking really good but when i look at the two Nola seems way more sustainable i mean that like that fits his profile and that's what he also has done last year you know so it's not like this year the offense just kind of broke out like last year the numbers were there you know his his Getting on base is definitely hitting for power, you know, 10 home runs and 267 plate appearances. Um, and he's doing it again this year, but better. But the difference is like that bat profile. He hits the ball really hard, Jim. You know, like, like everything matches up. But when you look at stallings, it seems like it's a lot of empty numbers. Like I understand the batting average is there, but he's not hitting the ball very hard, Jim. You know, if anything wants to point it out, just look at that double he had the other night that blooped in between the first baseman and the right fielder and like the foul line. You know, like like it was like in the perfect spot. And the guy who runs, I think, a 13.840 got on second base. So <laughs> so I think that like just identifies what stalling season has been. It's been a lot of smoke and mirrors. You know, this is a guy who owns a Bay Bip of 449. Again, he's in the one percentile. For sprint speed, he's not a burner. It's not like starting Martes getting up there, Kevin Newman, you know, and they hit a lot of in, infield singles, and that's why like the high baby can translate to a higher batting average, such. This guy's slow as hell. We joke about Colin Moran. This guy's way slower than Colin Moran. So, this isn't a guy who's going to be burning out infield singles and such. These balls are just falling in a perfect spot right now. He's getting very lucky, is what I'm saying. And I think other teams. Obviously, have way better scouting departments than you and I, Jim. So if we're seeing this stuff, they're looking and saying, you know what? Yeah, it's cool. He's having a good season. The defense is there. But I don't trust the offense. When I look at Nola, I trust that. I'm willing to to give off pieces because I trust Nola's profile. Then I give them off to Stallings because I feel like once I get them, He's gonna turn into the pumpkin and now he becomes the two thirty batting average. You know, like the offense just falls off. Yeah, we have a good glove, but now the offense is gone and, and why do we trade for him?
0: Yep. No, I mean you hit you hit the nail on the head there. Um Stallings is have listen, again, he's having a great season. Um, but you know, we shouldn't expect Jacob Stallings to to be a one twenty five weighted runs created plus guy, you know, for his career. That's just not not who he is, like like you mentioned before, four forty nine BABIP, just not just completely unsustainable. Um, You bring up stat cast pages. Nola has a lot more red on his page than Stallings does. So um, Nola hits the ball harder. He so 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 the underlying numbers support Nola as the the better offensive player. So I, yeah, I mean, like I said, I can totally see the similarities there. Mm-hmm. But you know, kind of once you dig a little bit deeper, you know, Nola. Nola's probably the better, the better guy.
1: Yep, yep. And you know, to end this and transition before we do, guy, I just want to say again, like even though we're saying this, it doesn't mean Stallings doesn't have any value. He definitely does. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like I said, that trade could really only help it because wow, Nola netted a top 100 prospect. That's pretty impressive. But don't expect the Stallings trade to get you a top 100 prospect. Again, that's where the temper expectations. I'd be ecstatic if we traded Stallings and got a top 10 prospect in anyone's system. You know, because what was Stallings his entire time? Like, did he ever crack? You know, our top? No. So you'd be able to use Stallings and flip him for a top prospect in that sense. Yeah, but it's still not going to be a top one hundred. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So let's pivot off of that. So the trade deadline happened. Not much with the Pirates. Got Dyson. Um. But you know what? As Huntington used to love to say, as well, they the Pirates made a trade, Jim. They called up Cabrian Hayes. It was the trade that. Was it a trade? Brian Hayes came up yesterday. What happened? Tell us what happened. Yeah, I mean,
0: I don't think you could have asked for a for a better debut. He really, he really announced himself to to the pirate fan base. So, you know, the 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 first hit, you know, we'll, we'll I mean, just kind of go. He started off over two, um, so a couple couple of bats where he didn't get a hit, but then his third bat. Um, Really, it was an inside pitch. Pulled his hands in, and just crushed the ball down the left field line. It it actually it hit the fence, you know, on a fly. Um, I think it was like 100, 110 mile an hour exit velocity. So double RBI, double for his first ever major league hit. Yep. And then uh, and then he follows that up right out of the rain delay with if you were if you stayed you know stayed watching stayed awake for for threatening throughout, throughout the delay you were rewarded because you know, game time home run in the eighth inning coming out of the delay. So that was, it was fun. It was, it's, it's always cool to see like those top prospects, their first game and and seeing them perform like right out of the gate. It's, it's, it's kind of cool just because you've been following them for a while and you know, you finally get to see them. You know, I, I don't know. It, it was, it was a cool game to watch. I, I, last night was, last night was actually fun. Like you look to yes. Twitter and and people were having fun, so um, it was it was it was cool. Um, I, I who knows? We haven't seen him this year. Normally you'd have minor like numbers to look at. Who knows if the hitting is developed more? I mean, last year he was a pretty meh hitter in AAA. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, if if Cabrian Hayes can actually. I know it's one game, but if, if if Hayes can turn into a decent bat, his glove—you know—he showed off the glove yesterday too. Um, so you know he he made some nice plays at third base, um, some nice almost plays at third base. So you you could kind of see what he had had with them. But no, it was it was a great debut. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch it.
1: And I think you hit the point there. Just the word "fun." You know, what have we been talking about all year? It's been hard to watch these pirate games because. Yeah, they're bad, but you can usually find something within the game to get excited about. You know, when the season started, we talked about, okay, so we know the Pirates are going to be that good, but I'm excited to see Chad Cool. Like, I'm excited to see JT Brubaker, the stuff like that. But that's been, like, the problem. All these players have been pretty bad this year as well. Again, why couldn't the Pirates trade anyone? Well, because their players have been kind of bad. So, you know, we've been trying to find at least things within the game, things within the Pirates to excite you. This was it. You know, Cabrian Hayes getting the call up. This is excited. The fan base. That's all we needed. We, we get to see Cabrian Hayes. Finally, what can he do now? Lucky for him, he didn't disappoint because we know how finicky pirates, you know, fan base is. And I feel like if he, you know, stunk it, it'd be like, oh, guy, this guy's a bust. You know, it was like the over and under. How long is it going to take for Cabrian Hayes till he's caught a bust? Right. So he comes out swinging <laughs> and he gets a double, like you said, right off the bat. A home run, two very high exit velocities. The worry about Cabrian Hayes was, is the bat going to be there? We know the glove plays. Is the bat going to be there? And in the very, of course, small sample size that we have to go off of this year, right? The five at-bats, we saw he can hit the ball pretty damn hard, Jim. So that's a good sign. Sustainability, of course, is what we need to see. um, But it's a good sign. Yeah, 108 and 110 last night. That's impressive.
0: Yeah and then uh, i didn't even mention uh, probably one of the more exciting moments of the of the game too and the so he's the the runner on second in the 10th inning yeah uh pirates down by one he's run he gets moved over to third and uh anthony alford in his first at bat little dribbler his swinging from the plate <laughs> yeah Little dribbler in front of the plate and uh Hayes just gets a great jump off a third, is able to slide in before before the uh throw at home. So the throwing tag. So yeah, it was it was that was a fun play. Like like you mentioned, I mean there have not been too many moments during this season that you could say that you know were fun. And he provided some fun moments last night. So that's that's really all all we were hoping for. Mm-hmm. And he came through.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So like you said, the glove was there. We saw the bat there. You saw speed on display. You know, hey, it's it's a sick coming to Andrew McCutcheon. Clearly book it. Close the book. It's done. We know it's going to happen. Um, all right. No, I, I, I did appreciate that game. Um, I'm excited. And yeah, so now we have Brian Hayes to look forward to the rest of this year. Finally, Jim, it happened and uh i'm really intrigued to see what he's going to do. i know it's very limited to finish out the year. there's only like what 20 some games left. um but it's kind of important, you know, we're, we're transitioning, we're seeing what we have. If he can go and finish out the season and have honestly just average offensive numbers to me that's a win because i was very nervous about his offense, you know, when he saw his triple a numbers last year. Kind of, you know, said yikes a little bit. You know, this wasn't the prospect that you're hoping for. Maybe he figured things out. Um, I'll shout out to, you know, the Evil Nils' Twitter account. He put out some video that seems like there's some fundamental changes in his swing this year. So, like you said, maybe he has figured something out. Maybe he's been able to add that power to his bat. And if that can happen, watch out for this guy because his glove alone is going to make him a valuable player.
0: Yeah, and that's what we've been saying the whole time. You know, the glove alone is is probably probably makes him a two war player, right? So if the bat can can develop, you know, that's where he can then become a little bit more valuable if he can get into that, you know, three to four war range, then you're talking about a you know, someone who can contribute to this team for, for the foreseeable future.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, Jim. Let's go ahead and uh, I think you have a rant that you want to get off your chest today. (laughs) So let me, let me get the, uh, let me get the timer Uh, up. We'll get you all ready to go here. All right. So if you're ready, Jim, a minute 30 on the clock.
0: All right. Well, I don't think it's going to take a minute 30. It's not, (laughs) it's so this isn't even baseball related, baseball related, but, um, I just hate it that when you stop at like a gas station and you want a Diet Coke, just like a twenty ounce bottle of Diet Coke, you walk in every single time, and it's like, all right, this bottle of Coke's two dollars and twenty nine cents. But then you see the sign where it says two for three dollars. The scam, Leonardo. Why do they do that? I only wanted one bottle of Coke, but I'm not going to pay two twenty nine for one bottle. I might as well get the second bout second bottle for 71 cents more. It's like, you know, you might use my as well. But I don't want two bottles of Coke. What am I gonna do with the second bottle? I'm not gonna drink it. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna take it home, shove it in the refrigerator, and then I'll drink it while I'm watching the Padres at like 12 o'clock at night um, because there's nothing else to do. So not a fan of that. I wish they would just make the Diet Cokes a dollar fifty right off the bat, so I could buy one and just be done with it. That's all I got.
1: <laughs> See, Jim, you, you got you got to think. You got to think more creatively. Now, first off, what you're trying to say is you hate marketing. So, okay, so you, Jim, hates marketing. So if you're a marketing major, Jim doesn't like you. Um, hate it. <laughs> but you got to think smart, Jim. Beat the system, so you get the two for three. Then you just go to Walmart without a receipt. You return the other Coke. You get two twenty nine dollars back. Now you've purchased a Coke for just $0.71. Cents.
0: First off, I don't know if you can just return a Coke. Like, is that even a thing?
1: <laughs> At Walmart, um, I guarantee it, you can do it. I've literally oh, witnessed, and I'm throwing you. better stories than this, but I remember when I was younger, I went into Walmart to return something, and someone had a box of ice cream cones opened, half of them were eaten, and they returned it. So if they can return that, I'm sure you can return a bottle of Coke.
0: All right, that makes sense. Maybe not with COVID though. I don't know if all everybody's accepting returns. It's, it's probably Walmart. <laughs> but it might have to, might have to wait until post COVID to try out that that theory. All right. So I'm just gonna stock up. Come one day with this huge
1: sack of of Cokes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'd like to return all of these. They didn't meet my satisfaction. All right. I like it. No. Okay. All right. So you don't like marketing. I get it. Um, I have a bit of a rant, too. It's it's a little bit different. It's not so much baseball related as well. But uh, I, I said now, Jim, you probably know even more than I've said. But I, I put some of this out there on Twitter. You know, I'm tired of hearing. These players are are entitled. These players are rich. You know, what are they doing? Out there saying this, like they they're rich, they can identify with what's going on in the world. I'm tired of hearing that. Like part of having a platform is if you can stand up and and use it for something good, you should. You know, like what does Roberto Clemente said time and time again? You know, Roberto Clemente was a big proponent of this. You know, as he mentioned, I'm going to pull it up here right here so I can get it right. Um, you know, he said, anytime you have an opportunity to make a difference in this world and you don't, then you're wasting your time on earth. That was Roberto Clemente. You know, I mean, we know all the stuff that he did. You know, also what he said was, I'm from poor people. I represent the poor people. These players, even though they're rich now, doesn't mean that they are always rich their entire life. Many of them came from these poor people. Many of them related to a lot of this stuff, and that's why they're advocating and doing things to use their platform to help them. But here's what I want to say to pivot that. Because using your platform for good is very good. But just because you have a platform doesn't mean you have to speak on everything. And this focuses more on a lot of people in Pittsburgh media. (laughs) Just because you have a voice doesn't mean you have to speak on literally everything that happens because that's where you start talking about things you don't relate to, you have no idea for, and you just think because you have something, you can speak, and it makes yourself look like such a fool, such an idiot. You know, there's so many times maybe you should just shut your mouth. You don't know what you're talking about. You have no relatability on this. Many people need to sometimes just shut their mouth and just listen. Just listen. That's all you need to do. Just listen to people. There is a situation going on. You can't relate. Shut up. That's who needs to shut up. Just shut up and listen. That's my rant. I only have a minute 30. I'm sorry. This could go on for an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, you went on a little bit longer there. But no, good, good rant. Um, I agree 100% with everything that you said. All right, <laughs> so that's that,
1: <laughs> okay, Jim. Well, we are basically what forty some minutes into the show now. Did you wanna talk quickly about the Reds?
0: We'll do real quick, maybe spend five minutes on the Reds. Sounds um, good. it's all we need yeah so we we got we got them coming up um it's it, the reds it's kind of weird if you look at their numbers. they've got some guys who are having really good seasons. Jesse Winker still tearing the cover off the ball. Um, You know, Kirk Casale having a good season at catcher for them. Castellanos has cooled off a little bit since that first few weeks of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, But their pitching staff still excellent. Sonny Gray got lit up last night, but still still pitching great. Um, Luis Castillo, Trevor Bauer, also that one, two, three punch, probably the best in – Perhaps the National League right now. Um I haven't looked to see who their probable pitchers are. I don't know if you've got that, but um Bauer, yeah, has just been been lights out. I could see him winning the the Cy Young this year. Honestly, he's gonna he's gonna definitely be in the conversation.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, he's been terrible. Um
0: yeah, and then they just acquired Archie Bradley too. So he made his Reds debut last night. Um I think the only pitcher that pitch a scoreless inning yeah yeah so he he made he made his reds debut so he did strengthen up that bullpen a little bit more because that was their trouble area but yeah i mean honestly i mean they're 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 not having as good of a season as i predicted that's for sure (laughs) Um, many people they're they're six games under 500 they they bought at the deadline they didn't sell They're, they're they're really they're three and a half games better than the pirates so and that's that's all they're still, though, just about a game, two games out of a playoff spot, I think. So, yeah, we'll see See what happens. Um, hopefully, we can cool off Winker a little bit. I know he destroyed us last last series.
1: Yeah. that's And that's the thing. Like, yeah, there's definitely some offense, but I feel like it comes basically from, like, Castellanos and Winker. You know, they're, they're tearing the ball. Now, obviously, like you said, Castellanos is cooled down a bit, but still very productive. Um just to say, I mean, so we talk about underrated players sometimes here and there. I mean, we've been talking. I, you know, I can't stop talking about Juan Soto. You can't stop, talk, stop talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. You know, so they're always out there. But when you look at them, it's obviously warranted. Their numbers are very good. But when you look at the league leaders, right? Who's leading the league offensively? You want to look like Way to Run Creative Plus? It's Juan Soto. Juan Soto's got 213 Way to Run Creative Plus. You know who's right after him? It's Jesse Winker. And you want to talk about a guy who really doesn't get any anything talked about on. You know, no one's mentioning about Jesse Winker this year. He's If Juan Soto wasn't playing, he would be the number one offensive player in baseball right now. We're not talking about Mike Trout, not Fernando Tatis Jr. It's Jesse Winker. So this is who the Pirates are going to have to face. The Pirates don't really have that great pitching. So he might go off on us again, Jim.
0: Yeah, so the doubleheader Friday. Yep. Um, and then... And then Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah, four-game series against the Reds. See how it goes. It's actually going to be interesting. The second game of the doubleheader, the Pirates will be the away team at PNC Park. Nice. I don't that's, know if that's ever happened before.
1: That's good. So, we have a double... So we're yeah. gaining getting extra home games. That's more revenue for nutting. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All those fans. That's right. All right. So, just, I guess, quick prediction before we leave. Four games... Do we win two,
0: four games? I think we win one, one. Yep. Just because of that away game, huh?
1: We yeah, get the, the home field advantage. Gonna, it's gonna make it tough. All right, I'm. Um, I don't know. I feel like we might be able to split. I'm gonna go. I'm be more optimistic, Jim. I'm gonna go two. Okay. All right. Well, that wraps up the show. We'll be back tomorrow night for NS Nine Live. And until then, we'll see y'all later. Bye bye.
0: Later.